and let's just pray. Father, we just come before you tonight to do just that, Lord. To look away from everything that's going on in our in our world right now, away from the political systems, and we're going to set our wings this evening, Lord, into the realms of faith where we can fly above the calamities of this world, the disappointments that we face, the fears and anxieties, Lord, what this year holds. Lord, we're just going to turn our eyes to you tonight, Father. And we're going to look to the hills which cometh our strength and our help. And we're going to ask, Lord, that you just be the same God that you were in 2020. You be that same God in 2021, Lord, that you continue to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can even ask or think, Father. And we just ask tonight, Lord, that you'll have preeminence in our service. Lord, you'll anoint the ears of the hearer, the lips of the speaker tonight. That we all can do our part to get out of the way and allow the gift to move, Lord. We just commit this service to you tonight, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity. We thank you, Lord, for this church. We thank you for the people and the the ministry that we have surrounded here, Lord. Lord, it goes beyond the four walls of this building, Father. This is a universal, worldwide ministry, Lord, and we're partakers of that tonight. Each of us have a part to play. And, Lord, we want to do our part tonight. And we just ask, Lord, you just come by and move moving every heart, moving every life. Those on the stream, Lord, move there as well, Father. We just commit this service to you now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, we'll have you turn to Hebrews 12. We're going to look here in verse 1 and verse 2. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and verse 2. And I want to speak to you tonight. So I want to pick back up on God does impossible math. Remember when we spoke about God does impossible math the very first time, we want to think about the math problem as being a problem. And a lot of times we don't have the necessary answer because some of the problems can be so difficult. But I want to subtitle this tonight, When it looks impossible, look to Jesus and live. So when it looks impossible, too impossible for you, it's never too impossible for him. So we're going to look here tonight in Hebrews 12. It says, Wherefore, seeing we, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and sin of unbelief, which so do easily beset us. And let us run with patience. That word patience there is hupomone. It means steadfast endurance. Let us run the race with patience that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You can have your seats this evening. Now we find that we're here. This is the second service of our new year. We can certainly say that there's probably a lot of anxieties that we're all facing. What's going to happen in the political system here on January 22nd or sometime around there? Or, you know, what's taking place in Georgia today as far as the election there? So we find that there's so much that we don't know. And there's so much that we've already come through. And if if we take our focus and our attention as believers, and that's all that we put our focus on, and that's what we all we put our attention on, then I'm afraid we're gonna miss the visitation of the Lord. I'm afraid that if that's all we can see, and yes, you know, it looks impossible. How are we gonna get out of this? You know, will there be a Republican in the party and all these different things? But I want us tonight to not think about 
who's going to be in the White House or who's going to be in the political systems or anything of that nature, or if there's going to be another pandemic and you know the COVID is already uh, mutated and it's, it's spreading even faster and stronger and it's got worse side effects and, we're, and more people are dying and starting out. We don't want to consume ourselves with fears and anxieties of the world. I want you to take your eyes off of those things tonight, and I want us to put our eyes back on Jesus. So we find here the prophet of God will tell us in the message, the end time. He says, you always talk about how bad the world is. And we can surely say, man, that seems like the talk of the town, right? He says, how wicked the world is. He said, this is true. But look how great the church is getting all the time. So instead of letting your attention and your focus go to how bad the world's getting, won't you turn it on the devil and say, devil, it's getting bad out there, but look how powerful this church is getting. Look how powerful the bride is getting more and more. He said when the world's getting wickeder and wickeder and wickeder, their church is getting more powerful and powerful all the time. The church, that's you tonight, is getting more powerful and powerful all the time. Then he says in Redemption by Power, he says, you're always pointing how wicked the world is getting, but you fail to see how powerful the church is getting. At the same time, he says, she's rising up, standing on the field. Oh, she's a little flock, but brother, God is with her. And she's going to triumph just as certain as Christ rose from the dead. Amen. God's church shall never fail. You hear that this evening? God's church shall never fail. So when you face the enemy tomorrow morning and he's come and he's lying about you and he's telling this on you and he's in your face ridiculing you about this and beating you down about this, you let him know God's church will never fail. He says she's going to triumph just as certain as Christ rose from the dead. Amen. God's church shall never fail. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It showed that they would be against it, but they cannot prevail. Their church is going to triumph through the blood of Jesus Christ with the victory march. He goes, I'm positive of this one thing, that God will have a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Oh, aren't you thankful God sent us a messenger to tell us what we got to look forward to? You know, there's so many out there right now. They're looking at what's going on in America, and they're judging the, the world by what's taking place. And the American political system has become a worldwide embarrassment. And everybody understands the end time is at hand. But the prophet of God said, end time people must meet end time conditions. I say, bring it on, Lord, because we're ready. An end time people has been given a promise of an end time rapture. But the Bible tells us we are to run this race, this conflict, this contest that we're in with endurance, with, with steadfast faith, looking unto Jesus. Not looking at the race, not looking at the contest, not looking at the problem, not looking at political systems, not looking at riots or COVID-19 or whatever else, but looking unto Jesus. And in the message, his wonders to perform, Brother Branham would begin to just speak about Mary and Joseph and how that, that, that could only happen at a certain time in history. It could not happen in any other time. Here he was, Joseph, a godly, a real son of God, 
And he was told to take Mary, or he was going to take Mary to be his wife, but he found out that she was already pregnant beforehand, and he was mindful to put her away. But Brother Bram said the supernatural came to him and told him, Joseph, don't fear to put her away. That thing that's inside of her that's conceited is conceited of the Holy Ghost. And, and so it began to work on Joseph. And he said, in those days, he said, if there would have been a king other than King Herod, that he said, he would call him that uh, cold-hearted king. He said, that murderer, heartless, bloodthirsty, if there would have been another king on the throne, it would have never taken place. And think about this, church, and we all know about World War II, and we know about the Nazi, the, the, uh, Nazi campaign against the Jews. But that had to take place in a particular moment in time to get God's anointed people back in their homeland. And we find the things that are taking place today, it's at an appointed time. God has put his right man on the throne to do what? To usher in, not the satanic kingdom, but to usher in the kingdom of God where this bride takes a rapture. God is bringing us all together. And, and if we sit spiritual dumb, well, we, don't, we can't look beyond the trial, or we can't look beyond what's going on, and we can't look beyond what the chaos that, that America is coming into. But let me tell you, church, this is what it's supposed to be. It has to be this. And in that time, if there would have never been a hair, there would have never been a taxation. Mary and Joseph would have never went to Bethlehem. But they had to go to Bethlehem because it had to fulfill Scripture. So every precept of God's eternal word has to happen according to the time schedule. And we're right on time. Because he's right on time. The thing is, take your eyes off what you're looking at around you and put your eyes back on the promise. The world's getting wicked, Brother Joe, absolutely. But look at the bride. Look at the bride. Look at the manifestation of the supernatural that's being performed in and through the body. Oh, let me tell you, the prophet of God will say, he says, look, know this. If God is leading the way, what difference does it make? God will protect you to your destination. Oh, did you hear that little church? God will protect you to your destination. He says, there's no dangers when you're walking with the Lord. He goes, I would believe easily that there was a host of 10,000 angels walking there around that little man and that donkey. She was just as safe as she could be speaking about, about uh, Mary there. She was just as safe as she could be. That may have been robbers all down the street. And here he was, had a pregnant wife on the donkey, leading them down to Bethlehem. He wasn't concerned about the robbers. He wasn't concerned about what he was going to face when he got to Bethlehem. He knew one thing. He said, we got to go and be taxed. And so what did he do? He obeyed the word. And when you obey the word, you, do, you don't have to have one fear because God will protect you to your destination. So I ask you tonight, what difference does 2021 make? What difference if there's another virus? What difference if there are more riots or civil unrest? What does it matter to the body of Christ? God is going to protect us into the destination. That's one thing I realized a couple years ago when I, when I went over to Monroe and tried to buy a phone for my daughter. And that man held a knife up to my throat. God, his, his hand was upon my life. And as I looked to my son, I said, it shows you that God, that, that Satan can't do anything to you, but well, that God allows it to happen. 
And the God that we serve is greater than the enemy that threatens us each and every day. But the Bible would tell us we're compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. I can just see him standing over the eternal banister, the grandstands, looking over that banister, cheering us on. Keep pushing. Keep running. Keep moving forward. And I say like Paul, we need to lay aside every weight of sin, every weight of unbelief, everything that's grabbing our attention and grabbing our minds and making us doubt the promise and lay it aside and run this race tonight. Let's look at 2021 with a redetermination. We're going to serve God. We're going to live for God. We're going to persevere. We're going to press on. No matter what we face in this life, God is for us. So who can be against us? We need to lay aside all the weights of complexes. All right, get quiet. It's okay. We all have them. But lay them aside. Lay aside your grudges tonight. Lay aside your past regrets or your failures. Lay aside the weights of your fears. Lay aside depression, pornography, anxiety. Lay it all aside tonight. And let's put our eyes back on Jesus. Turn your eyes from the disappointments that you faced and the heartaches that you had in 2020. And let's look at 2021. And let's just focus our eyes tonight on him, on his promise, on the God that does the impossible. This message has become so real to me because there's things in life that we face that we need a God, as Brother John said the other day, with skin on it. We need a God that's bigger than our trials. We need a God that's bigger than our impossibilities. We need a God to come by and reassure us that he's greater and he's bigger and that all things are possible if you can only believe tonight. The word here, look, means to turn the eyes away from other things. And fix them on something. So turn your eyes away from all these other things tonight. And let's fix them on Jesus. Let's turn our eyes away from politics. And turn our eyes away from medical science. Because, man, they're so confused with this COVID-19. It took them nine months to figure it out. And they still don't have everything figured out. They're constantly changing their, their point of view of this one and that one and this and that. 14 days, 10 days, 7 days, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, it helps, it doesn't help. We're just so confused. But if our minds and our attention are put back on him, we don't care. We can go and kiss COVID in the mouth and never get it because why? Because our eyes are focused on him. Now, I'm not telling you to do that, but I'm just telling you we could. We need to put our eyes back on the supernatural. I said, Brother Joe, you talk a lot about supernatural. You're an emotional kind of guy. I'm sorry I am. I don't believe in being a boring church. I mean, if I want to go to a boring church, I go to a morgue. And I don't like going to morgues. I've never been there, but I don't have a fancy to look at dead people. And nor do I think I need to waste my time coming to church on a Wednesday or a Sunday and thus just coming to a dead service. I think we should enjoy serving God. I think we should be expecting God to move. I think every service we should come with an expectation. Will this be my service? Will this be my moment? Will this be my hour? Will this be my turn where God comes down in the supernatural and touches me? See, we need to look, put our eyes on the supernatural. I know there's others that don't want to believe in the supernatural. That's fine. Don't let them believe. They can believe what they want to believe, but for me and my house, we're going to believe that God does the miraculous. 
We're going to believe in that. And Brother Branham was saved. But Brother God always, listen now, for those that don't believe in the supernatural, this is the message. Escape hither, come quickly, 1958. He says, Brother God always vindicates himself by being in the camp with supernatural signs and wonders. God always makes himself known. He's supernatural and he cannot be anything or work any other way but through supernatural. Well, we don't believe in altar calls. And you don't believe in God. We don't believe in divine healing. You don't believe in God. We don't believe in the moving of the spirit. Well, you don't believe in God. We don't believe in speaking in tongues. Well, you don't believe in God. Because God is supernatural. And that word supernatural means it goes beyond the existence of the visible. I'm going to tell you, we've seen a lot of supernatural take place in even like tabernacle. There's a lot of things that God came by to let you know he's on the, he's on the, on the, on the, on the, on the well, I can't even speak, can I? But he's on the scene. That's what I was looking for. God's on the scene tonight. He's on the scene for your need. Many times we look at our neighbors and say, well, my neighbor got blessed. And we get all down and out. Well, my neighbor got blessed. Let me tell you, when your neighbor gets blessed, that should make you happy. You say, why, Brother Joe? Because it lets you know God's on time. God's in the service. And you may be next. Oh, if he hits your neighbor, what about you? He's right there. God is supernatural. We should expect a supernatural. And the message of token, the prophet of God will say, I'm looking for a time to break forth. Of the Spirit of God in these last days that we're living, that we're now living in, for another surge of the Holy Spirit. Now notice, the healing revival is over. It's ended. But the prophet of God was looking back toward it. I'm looking for another surge of that. The manifestations of signs and wonders. He says, now, I'm looking for another surge of the Holy Spirit into the church for a rapturing faith just before it comes. And everything is sitting straight in order for that. And I believe that we're now at the time that the word should have preeminence. I believe that the time is to lay aside all our creeds and our thoughts and come back to the word. So he's on an expectation for a surge of the Holy Ghost. He's not expecting God to drop down in every service and everybody jump up and speak in tongues and run around the church. But what he's, in, what he's expecting is for signs and wonders to surge in and move upon the people. And it no longer be a one-man ministry where one man has all the power and it seems like it's all coming through that one man. But the Bible says that we shall do the greater work. And he's saying, Surge, we shall see Jesus. Not Jesus just in a prophet, but Jesus in his bride. Signs and wonders fall in the supernatural because the body of Christ believes the word of God. Excuse me for getting a little excited. But see, he was expecting for another surge of signs and wonders. The miraculous being performed. I think he'd be happy with even like tabernacle. Of what's been produced here. Oh, cancer is being defeated. Parkinson's disease being defeated. Blind eyes being healed. Brain bleeds stopped. Oh, let me read you. Let me read a couple testimonies from my last time I was out in Arizona. If y'all don't mind me sharing this with you. It says, Sunday night I was feeling very sick and I went out. I went out of the service. This is from Brother Aaron Garra's daughter. 
I sat in the chapel, but I ended up missing a good portion of the sermon as Brother Joe spoke on the pool of Bethesda. I prayed about how my own lack of faith and desire to be healed from gluten issues, and I prayed that the Lord will start the work. And toward the end of the service, I went downstairs and I waited in the back. Brother Joe had come to the back and he greeted me and he, st- he stayed standing in the back. And I was still feeling pretty bad. And I thought to, to ask him to, to pray for me or the thought to ask him to pray for me kept coming. And I didn't want to disturb him, but it kept coming. And he's right here just asked. And I finally did. And I told him that I just didn't have faith to believe, and I was feeling that it was insignificant, and I could just deal with it. You know, that's what the devil wants you to believe. You just can deal with it. Don't worry. You don't have to come up. You you can just deal with it. Just deal with your own issue. You don't have to have nobody lay hands on you or anything like that and pray for you. And she says, he told me that I didn't have to, he said, he told me that I didn't have to ask that if I believed that, that he would have faith for me, as Brother Branham said, that he, and I said, yes, and so he began to pray, and in his prayer, he said, that, he said that us standing in the back together was not a coincidence, that it was inspired, and it inspired my faith. And I realized that the pressure and the pain was gone, and I began to rejoice, praising and thanking God for what he had done and what he was doing. It's now been close to two weeks with me eating wheat almost daily. I felt very sick the following Saturday, but rebuked it and ate it again and again, and it left me. And I'm completely healed, and I'm daily thanking and praising the Lord. And he said, and she ends it with this, and should I add, it's been eight years that I've struggled with gluten issues. But in one moment's time, in the presence of the supernatural. Then there was another brother, Brother Ed Dougal, in the same service, came up. He says, I... I've had a severe hip and back pain for over 40 years due to a football injury. I could hardly walk or bend over to put my shoes on and my socks. I felt the presence of the Lord nudging me to go through the prayer line, but I resisted because I felt that God could heal me where I am. That's a lot of us, isn't it? And that's okay. God can heal you where you are, but there's sometimes you need a God with skin on it. He goes, after several moments, I felt the Lord nudge me again to go through the prayer line, and I came up. And I was in lots of pain, and after praying, I walked back to my seat, still in pain, but I came back to the evening service, and the pain had subsided a lot. Sunday night, I slept for the first time in a long time without pain, and I got a good night's sleep. I worked all day Monday without any pain at all. God has completely healed me, and now I'm pain-free after 40 years. Supernatural. Signs and wonders following the believer. Sirs, we will see Jesus. We will see Jesus manifest in an evening light tabernacle. And I'm looking at Jesus right here tonight. Those that can believe for the supernatural. Those that can believe for the prodigals. Those that can believe for their healing. Those that can believe no matter what impossibility you face, take your eyes off the impossible and put your eyes on Jesus tonight. Brother Bram says, now I believe that we're Now it's a time that the word should have preeminence. That word there means superiority. And if the word is going to have preeminence, that means that we got to have the letter and the spirit married together. The two got to be unified together. And if the word is to have superiority, then it must manifest and produce exactly what it says. And it's going to take your faith to put that word in action tonight. It's going to take your faith, Brother Tim Winters. It's going to take your faith, Brother Daryl, Brother Ron, Sister Erica. It's going to take your faith to put that word in action. 
He's a God that heals. We've seen it time and time again. And I want you to know, it's not just for the apostles. It's not just for the disciples. It's for you. It's for this church. It's for your family. It's for your, your home. Whatever it is, God is ready to do it tonight if you can believe. So I ask you in 2021, what are you looking for? And what are you looking to? Are you looking to everything that's going on, that CNN and Fox News and everything is just throwing at you and throwing at you and throwing at you? Are we looking to the Word of God? Are we looking to this year could be the year that we actually truly see the coming of the Lord? Because our human minds can't fathom how can it go much further. So I ask you, what are you looking for? If you look to Jesus, you're looking to the author and the finisher of our faith. You're looking to the one that's the giver of life. You're looking to the one, he's the way maker. And I believe he's made a way for many of us tonight. He's the miracle worker, and he's performed a many a miracle at Even Light Tabernacle. He just performed one for you guys the other night. See, that's the God that we serve. See, when you look to Jesus, you look to the supernatural. But here is the thing, church, tonight, you got to recognize no matter how small or how insignificant the supernatural is or appears to be, you got to recognize that to be him. We turn our Bibles tonight to 1 Kings 18, uh, verse 41. So 1 Kings 18 and verse 41. So we have to be able to recognize Jesus when he appears in his supernatural element. And we find here in, in 1 Kings 18 and 41, it says, Elijah said to Ahab, get up or get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. I like how God does it. You know, they've been in a three and a half year drought. They were tired of it. But God had come down and told his prophet, there's a sound of abundance of rain. You go tell King Ahab to get up, to drink, to eat, because it's about to come a storm. And we think we've had a lot of rain in Louisiana, in which we had, but we ain't had rain like they got rain. And he says, now, so Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth, and he put his face between his knees. What was he doing? He was looking unto Jesus. He began to pray, began to seek God, and he said to his servant, he says, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up, and he looked, and he said, there is nothing. You know, how many times have we gone up, how many times have we come to a service looking for God and there was nothing? Come on, church. How many times have we come with an expectation and we left disappointed and there was nothing? But what did Elijah tell him? He said, go back up there again, Gehazi. You go seven times. And on the seventh time, he says, I see a cloud rising out of the sea. It's the small of a man's hand. And the prophet of God said, that's the sound of abundance of rain. And if you could just recognize, oh, church, let me tell you, if you can recognize when a little sister begins to call out to God in a service, that's the sound of the abundance of rain. God is passing by. Or when a sister begins to speak in tongues and call out. Oh, that's the sound of abundance of rain. God is moving in the church, in the supernatural realm. But you got to recognize it. you got to recognize that's, that's of God. Could you just think, let's think of how unbelievable. Look at that little hand. Huh, we ain't had rain in a year, three and a half years. It's so hot. And there is a cloud. That's all you can produce is a cloud that big. 
got to do better than that. That's how unbelief thinks. But Elijah had faith because God had already told him, there's a sound coming. There's a sound coming into the church. It's the surge of the supernatural. There's going to be more of what we've seen. There's going to be more of what we've been witnessing in this hour. It's not just going to be here at evening like tabernacle. There's going to be testimonies around the world. Because why? Because that little cloud became a massive thunderstorm. And let me tell you, that's all that Elijah needed to know. What the, that little cloud can rain down upon a nation. And let me tell you, church, tonight, all it takes is one little child of God with faith to believe. It'll rain down the presence of God in a church service. And it'll impact your family for many generations. If you can just take God at his word tonight and put your eyes on him. Elijah, he was looking for something to come to bring help to the people. And God told him if they would repent, something would happen. And he was looking and he sent his servant up. Go up and look. Something is going to happen. Three and a half years, no rain, no cloud, not even dew falling. But he said, go look. If you come to service Sunday and didn't get anything, go look. You come tonight... And it appears maybe you're not getting anything. Go look. You come on Sunday morning, come looking. If you don't get it on Sunday, come to the next Wednesday service looking. Looking with your eyes. I want to see Jesus. I'm going to see Jesus. There's a sound of abundance of rain. And let me tell you, the prophet of God will say, listen, tell you what let us do. He says, let's do like Elijah. Let's get the things right. Let's get back to God. Then Elijah put his head down and he prayed. And he said, God, he cried out, God, send rain. And I said, that should be our prayer tonight. God, send the supernatural rain down on your word tonight. Give us eyes that can see. Give us ears that can hear. Give us hearts that can receive. And give us the spirit to rejoice in your presence tonight. Let us not be some old crap down. Nobody don't want to worship God. Oh, worry about what somebody's going to think about it. Lord, let us be free to serve you tonight let us be free to worship you you deserve our worship you deserve our praise God don't let me be held oh God don't let me be held responsible for sitting you in a corner and not making you welcome tonight notice now Elijah said I hear the sound of abundance of rain go tell Ahab to gird up his loin and go, go to Jezreel because there's a great rain coming but unbelief would say, ha, huh, if that's all you can sin, take it back. If that's all church is, you can have it. If it's all sails and no anchors, you can have it. It ain't all sails and no anchors. This word has got an anchor that can hold you in your time of your worst storm. It'll hold you like a hell, Brother Gary. You may be here tonight just bumping against the ground. Bump, 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 bump. But you let that bump grab hold one time. That's all it takes. Oh, unbelief want to tell you, well, there's no God out there. And there's no supernatural. And, and uh, God doesn't do miracles anymore. But let me tell you, you get on the backside of the desert one time. And you meet God. And God becomes personal to you. There ain't enough devils in hell can explain away God from you then. Because you tasted and you seen and you rejoiced and you witnessed and you accepted the supernatural and it's changed your life. Brother Bram said unbelief would have picked that up and thrown it away. Well, if that's all you can send me. But what did Elijah do? 
at the very first wheel turn, he said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. No cloud, no bigger than that. That would have do. How's that going to water a nation? Why? If it's God, if it's, if it's a cloud, it's so hot in them skies. He goes, that would have been whew, vaporizing. The vapor would have went away like that. But as soon as Elijah saw the first sign, the first little teeny move, he said, I hear the sound. Sometimes, church, I just want you to clue in. When we hear like Sister Alana does at times, not every service, but there's times she begins to call out to God. That's the first little move. A lot of times that's the first little move. We think, well, that's just her and that's just who she is. No, that's not her and that's who she is. She's not that kind of person. But what is that? That's a sign to this church that God is here and God is moving. And somebody doesn't care what you think about it because they're hearing the sound of abundance of rain. And if you would stand where she's standing and where she stood several years ago, faced with a, a disease that was threatening to take her life, let me tell you, she rejoices in that sound because she knows and she's testified that there's a God on the scene that's bigger than cancer. Oh, let me tell you, if God can take care of cancer for her and deliver her within two months, what can that same supernatural God do for you tonight? He can save the lost loved ones. He can heal the sick body. He can deliver from the tor tormenting spirit. Because why? All you got to do is recognize the supernatural in whatever element he decides to come. Notice now, Brother Ram said that Elijah was looking for the supernatural. He was looking for it. He came expecting God to move. A lot of times I think we come just to come. But let's come in 2021 with an expectation for God to move. Brother Brad, I mean, excuse me, Brother Tim's been preaching on sincerity. Let us come with an expectation. To be sincere at home, to pray and to, to pray for the services, to pray for the ministry, to pray for what God is doing and what God wants to do in this church, in your home, in your life. So we find here that cloud was all that Elijah needed. And this service may be all that you need tonight to recognize that there's a sound of abundance. There's a sound of abundance. Oh, he says, we're looking for the coming of the Lord. We look at the Holy Ghost fall in the last days. We look at signs and wonders. We watch what's taking place. Don't you see? He goes, what are you looking at? That's exactly what God said would take place. He said, let faith grab it. You see everything that's going on around us? That's exactly what God said would take place. Let faith grab hold of it. If the world is getting in their position, shouldn't we also get in ours? Shouldn't we also be under a great expectation? That God is about to do exactly what he said he would do. Amen. He says, watch Elijah. When he escaped, notice now, we look here in 1 Kings 18 and 46. 
said, the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins, and he ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Now, Ahab had a chariot. He got on his chariot, and he ran down well before uh, Elijah got off of Mount Carmel. But we find that the Spirit of the Lord was so strong upon Elijah's life that he girded himself, and he ran before the horse and before the chariot of Ahab, and he began to run into the city. Get the, get the rain bells ready, for I hear the sound of abundance of rain. What are you saying, Brother Joe? I'm hearing you tonight, church, if you just hear the sound tonight. Get the rain bells ready. Prepare for your miracle. Believe for the impossible. Get ready to see God poured out upon the church tonight. I hear the sounds of dry bones rattling. I hear the sound, Brother Johnny, sinew and tissue and bones becoming back together and a mighty army being formed. I hear the sound of those old, uh, those old chains that held you bound falling to the ground. I hear the chains of prodigals coming home. I hear the chains. I hear the bride speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. I hear the sound of impossibilities fading into realities. Oh, I hear the sound tonight. I hear the sound of people rising up in faith, believing that you don't face an impossibility because all things are possible for them that believe. But we find if we're not careful, they'll try to explain the supernatural away from you. They'll try to steal it away from you. And we find Peter when he went to Dorcas and he put everybody else out. And he went in and he prayed with her and he grabbed her by her hand and raised her up. See, unbelief would say she was just in a coma. And see, when you explain, the prophet of God would say, when you explain the supernatural out of the Bible... You're explaining away the very God that you worship. When you explain the supernatural out of the Bible, you explain away the very God that you claim to worship. And then the message of Satan's Eden, where the Brahmin is referencing Satan, he said, Now, Satan, or he, he says, he would exalt himself above the Most High. He would ascend above the clouds and the stars, and he would sit there like God and be above the Most High. And Brother Bram will say he has succeeded in carrying out his threats. He has certainly had a marvelous success in carrying out his threats. By what? By the people letting him explain away in every age the value of the word to that age. Satan says, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And preachers have allowed him to explain away the supernatural. But there's preachers tonight that refuse to allow him to explain away the supernatural. There's preachers in this message that don't believe in the moving of the spirit. They don't believe in a prayer line. They don't believe in an altar call. They don't believe in tongues. They don't believe in young people getting on the anointing and running around. They make a, 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 a folly about that or ridicule us and, and say these things. They don't believe in the discernment of the spirit anymore. They want to put all that on one man. If you put all that on one man, then you deny the word of God. Because Joel gave a promise that I will pour out my spirit. And I believe today we're living in that time. But the problem is that the people allow the enemy to explain away the power or the value of the word for that age. 
Miracles, they say that there's days of miracles that's passed. God don't move like he did in the 40s and 50s. That was only for Brother Branham. And they make concessions and this concession and that concession. But don't you ever, church, don't ever let anyone explain the value of this word away from you. We need a God that's able to move. We need a God that's not limited by your unbelief. We need a God that's able to show up when you don't even want him to. We need a God that will do exceeding abundantly above all that you can even ask or think. We need that God here tonight. They want to explain, and Brother Brown would say, look, we've got intellectual giants in the world today that can almost explain everything away. You go talk to some, some theologian, he can explain it all away from you. Some intellectual guy, some infidel, they can explain it all away from you. They, they can put it all together. But if you ever get on the backside of that desert and meet God one time, let me tell you, young person, you can drift through life only so long. You've got to have that encounter. You can only play church for so long. You can only be a good Christian for so long. But if you ever get back on the backside of that desert and meet him in that burning bush, because it has exactly what you have need of. You want victory over pornography? Get on the backside of the desert. You want victory over complexes and family strains being passed down? Get on the backside of the desert. Look for a supernatural God. Look for a God that's able to break those family ties and break those family curses off your life. Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Brother Bam said, where there's a supernatural God, there's going to be supernatural things happening because he's supernatural. See, Satan wants you to back up. He don't want us to believe for the impossible. He wants you to settle for a so far religion. That's what he wanted for Moses. You just go so far. But I think God had a Moses on the, on the scene at that time. says, we're not going so far. This is where we're going. We're going all the way. We're leaving. And matter of fact, Moses, we're not going to leave a child behind. We're not going to leave our family behind. We're not going to leave grandma behind. We're not going to leave grandpa behind. We're not going to leave a hoof behind. I mean, where's that kind of people tonight? Say, we're leaving this world. We're not going to leave our young people behind. We're not going to leave a son behind. We're not going to leave our daughters behind. We're not going to leave the old people behind. We're going all the way. We're going to take that rapture because God's promised it for us. But Satan wants you to just go so, go so far. You don't have to believe in healing. Just set up for medication. We got more people on antidepressants today I talked to a young black guy yesterday about a tree job he said man I'm so I'm on medication for anxiety and and all this I said well there's a better physician out there for you than that he said where I said Jesus I said man he'll take that anxiety away from you he goes you mean I I said you don't have to live on, on medicine all your life no there's a great physician But see, that's the lie of the enemy. You have to live on medication. You have to live with your pain. You have to live with this. Or you have to cope with this. Satan don't want you to be delivered. He wants you to cope with your enemy. Or cope with your demons. You don't have to cope, church. We got a promise laying in the word. If they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. 
And we look, we've been, we've been anointed and we've been given the authority to cast Satan out. Let me tell you, there's no reason that a child of God should sit bound in a service. Not when there's a supernatural God present with an anointed ministry to do exactly what the word said as to cast Satan out. See, he doesn't want you to believe for the Holy Ghost. You can just be a good Christian. Just sit on a pew, be good, go to college if that's what you want to do, get smart, live your life, and just be an okay person. But let me tell you, when the rapture comes, being an okay person ain't going to cut it. Anybody know who Kirk Cameron is? He's that movie star that did the Left Behind series. You'll be showing up with him because you're going to be left behind. Because God's taking purebred Christians. Those that were determined, I'm not going to settle for a halfway Christian life. I'm not going to settle with just coming to church and wasting my time and everybody else's time. See, Satan don't want you to believe in the miraculous, but God wants you to. Satan don't want you to believe in the supernatural, but God wants you to. Satan don't want you to believe in, in miracles, but God wants you to. Let me tell you, we sing that song, we shall see miracles. Do you believe that even the light tabernacle? We're going to see giants fall. We've seen giants fall. We've seen giants fall. What about your giant tonight? What about what you're facing tonight? What about your miracle tonight? It's not so much just for Sister Alana or Sister Karen, but what about you tonight? And if God can do it for them, what can God do for me? What can God do in my family? What can God do if your family may be another, another, another Philip Roncalli? Drifted for so long. But all of a sudden, he come out of amnesia. All of a sudden, he come out of amnesia. All of a sudden, they come out of amnesia. And they recognize, I've seen this before. I've seen this before. This is not my home. This is not who I want to be. No, I've seen this before. And God began to move, Brother Vic. Same God that moved on you can move on your son. Oh, yeah, don't let, we're not limiting God tonight. My same God that moved. Oh, I'm saying he's here tonight. If you can just recognize. It may be only the size of a five-foot-six preacher. But you can look beyond that veil and recognize he's here. And he's here with one focus tonight. To this. To declare to you, he's supernatural. And he's ready to embark on your cause. Whatever your situation, whatever your need, God is here. God is present. And God wants you to believe for the impossible. But you can't believe for it when you got your minds gumming down entertainment. And got your mind gumming down uh, uh, video games. And got your mind gumming down all the politics of the world. We've got to put our eyes back on Jesus. So I start wrapping this down and bringing this to a close tonight. I know I'm a little bit early, but I'm going to go about another 20 minutes. Lord willing, maybe. We find here in Brother Branham preaches in his ministry explained, our ministry explained, 1950. I want to bring this out because I want to, there's a point, there's a purpose and a point that I'm going to make on this. He says, and Brother Branham is in this, this, at the end of a service, and he begins to go into visions and see people. And he says, I looked down, there was a man on a stretcher laying there, or laying here, and I looked just above him, standing in the midst of the air. I seen a fellow worker, 
a fellow working. He was a rigger. And he was trying to tie a double ship shank <clears throat> on something, a knot to raise. And I looked, and I seen the man, and, he, and I kept watching. And I looked to see there, and the, he laid the same man on the cot. And I looked back again, and that, that come before me again. And I seen the man fall, and I said, sir, you're a rigger, aren't you? He said, yes, sir. And I began about so long ago, I forgot how long it was, you fell and they take you to the hospital. And a tall, dark-headed man with glasses was, was your doctor. That's right. He said, your wife is a blonde-headed lady. You got two small children. That's right. I said, you've been paralyzed in your back now for three, four, five years or more. He said, that's exactly right. And he said, well, I don't understand. How do you know that? And he said, what must I do? He said, sir, I don't know. And I started to turn. And I looked again and I seen the man in just like same size wearing a brown suit walking right above, just above the people's heads, going down through the building saying, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And I said, sir, Jesus Christ healed you. Stand on your feet. Notice he says, paralyzed from his waist down. Up he got out and down through the building he went praising the Lord. Notice, he didn't wait for the service to be over. No, the supernatural was there. The supernatural began to discern his heart, discern his life. And he said, stand on your feet. And a paralyzed man raised himself up and went down through there, praising the Lord. And he turned, Brother Ram said, I turned. And I looked and I seen a lady sitting in a wheelchair. And I seen a woman standing near her, a little spastic baby in her arms with a blue blanket. And a little white fringe hanging around it. And I turned and I looked at the patient again coming this way to me and I looked back and I seen it again seeing if it was a vision was still there and I looked and I seen the lady holding the baby and then it vanished away and the lady was sitting with her hands like this and she was crying I, I said young lady wasn't you born a spastic she said yes sir I seen a vision of your mother holding in a little basket little, a little white fringe around it and I just looked like that and it was just standing there and right over here sat your mother been about 25 years and he calls for the mother to come stand by her and said and she said, what must I do? Am I healed? And Brother Bam said, I don't know. He says, sister, only thing I can do is tell you what I've seen. It's gone from me. I can't say nothing but what it tells me to say. And he turned from her. And I took a look. He turned from her and began to deal with another, another patient. And I took her by the hand. And it, and it seemed strange. There was a vibration coming of deafness. And I said, you hear me? She said, yes, sir. I said, well, it's deaf. She said, I'm deaf in one ear. Notice how precise God is. Said, I knew it was a deaf spirit. I couldn't tell how much. She said, yes, sir, I've been deaf in my ears for many years. And I said, you believe that Jesus will heal you if I can ask him? She said, yes, with all my heart, I believe it. I bowed my head to pray for the girl. And when I did, I raised up and I took hold of her hand and the vibration wouldn't stop. And I started to pray for the girl again and it did not leave her. He says, then I looked at the girl and I said, well, that's strange. I asked Jesus again to heal her, and it just held right on. Well, there's something wrong. I looked at her like that, and I just looked at the girl. She was probably about five foot two or three inches tall, and I seen the girl right back across the stage. That way it went right across the stage there, and I seen a little girl, 14 years old, standing there. She had long plaits hanging down her back, little checkered ribbons, and I said, when you were 14, you wore long plaits, didn't you? She said, yes, sir. I said, when you was 14 years old, you took the wrong road, or a road that's wrong. She's, you had a baby by a man that was before you were married. She said, yes, sir, that's right. I, and, the, and I said, you married the man, but you didn't love him. That's right. You left him. That's right. 
Then you got with a religious cult and they had, too many, they had you marry another man. That's right. You didn't love him and you left him. That's right. You're married to another man. That's it. And this, she goes, and he said, you was once a Christian and you've gone back and you backslidden on God. She said, that's right. And she staggered like that and was going to fall back to the floor. And when she did, she screamed and God forgave her and gave her hearing back to her. And she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost standing on a platform like that, standing there just all at once. Notice, then he turns back to the patient that was in the wheelchair or the spastic. And he says, I've seen the little girl sitting in the chair, just as plain as I'm looking at the gentleman here, rise up out of the chair, only she was dressed different than she was sitting here. And she went walking down through the aisle, and it looked like she was just waving her hands and saying, thank God, thank God. And I watched it till it faded out. And I looked at the little girl, and I said, sister, Jesus, the Son of God, has heard your prayers, and he's healed you. Stand on your feet. And that girl hadn't walked since she was eight years old. And up she got out of the wheelchair. And, she, and there she stood. And there she went through the building glorifying God. And they moved the wheelchair back. And the glory of God swept over the building everywhere. And the people began to rise and throw their crutches and their canes and walking. He said, what is it? This is the point I want to make. What is it? He says, that doesn't heal the people to tell you what's wrong with you. But here's what it does, friends. It brings the realization of the supernatural God working in our midst. Oh, one revelation or one discernment after the next discernment, one supernatural divine intervention after the next. It doesn't heal you to tell you what's wrong with you. But what it does do, it brings a realization that there is a supernatural God working in our midst. So why do we tell you service after service that there is a God that can defeat cancer? There is a God that can defeat brain bleeds. There is a God that can restore hair on a little girl's head. It's to bring the realization that a supernatural God is visited even like tabernacles. And if he can do it for them, he can do it for you. He can meet your need tonight if you can believe, if you'll put your eyes back on Jesus. Oh, it's the realization that God is supernatural and he wants his people to believe in the supernatural. He's not a dead God. He's a living God. Brother Ron, he's a living God. And what he did for Sister Lana, prepare for your miracle. Sister Erica, prepare. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I hear the sound of the enemy's chains falling. But see, church, we've got to say like Mary, bid unto me. You may not be able to figure it all out, but that doesn't matter. Bid unto me. And once you recognize the supernatural God and that he cares for you and that you are his child, there's not enough devils in hell can make you back up off the promise. But you got to realize you don't belong to the enemy. You never had, you never will. You belong to God. And because who you are and your position in the body, there ain't a devil in hell should torment you. We should be tormenting Satan. Think about if we flipped the script on him tonight. Some of you come in here dragging in because you've been tormented all week. And we're only at hump day. Come on. 
How many is that true? Don't raise your hands. Everybody be raising their hands, standing up, having a rejoicing fit. But no, we come sometimes on a Wednesday. I came dragging in. I told Brother Tim, I said, it's been a rough day at the office. And we have those days. But what if we come with an expectation on the 6th of January, 2021, that I'm going to meet God? Not that I'm going to meet God, but God is going to meet me. This is my service. This is my need. Some of you have been praying for your children for a long time. This is my service. I'm taking my eyes off the condition. I'm taking my eyes off of what I've been looking at. I'm taking my eyes off of them going further and further and further in their life, getting more wasted and more sorry and more degraded the whole time. I'm going to put my eyes back on the promise. God, I gave them to you on the cradle roll. Now I'm asking that you move right now here tonight. There's not enough devils in hell can defeat you and get you to back up once you recognize a supernatural God is for you tonight. We could go on and on, but let me just skip down and start bringing this to a close. Notice, when Lazarus was in the grave, Martha, she met Jesus. She didn't berate him for not showing up on time. She went out to him and fell down and said, even now, Lord, whatever you ask, God. Though my brother's dead, though his body's embalmed, Though he's in a tomb and though he stinketh, whatever you ask God right now, God is able. She took her eyes off the problem. She took her eyes off the tomb. She took her eyes off the situation. Because she recognized she was in the presence of the only one that could speak life. So no matter how far that loved one of yours has gone... They're never too far gone, but what the voice of God can't call them back. Lazarus, come forth. Notice a man that had been dead four days. You know, Martha may have thought, well, he's finally going to come and preach his funeral. He didn't have no expectations of preaching a funeral. He said, your brother's going to rise because I am the resurrection and the life. And if we can have that same faith for our loved ones, even now, Lord, even tonight, Lord, whatever you ask God, Got to do it. So the impossibilities, church, impossibilities are made real when we take God at his word. Impossibilities fade out when we put our focus on God. I preached in 2020, the first service, don't lose your vision. Thinking 2020 was going to be a great year. I think we all lost our vision in regards to what 2020 was worth, but we never lost our vision of Jesus. And I come back tonight, once again, the first of the year, say, put your eyes back on him. Take your eyes off all the chaos around us. Brother Bannon would say it like this. He said, God wants you to do the miraculous. I don't feel like it, Brother Joe. That's beside the point. He wants you to do it anyway. Well, it's not my nature. Well, you're going to either change your nature and take his nature or what? God wants you to do the miraculous. He wants you to believe the miraculous. And by accepting it by faith, you prove what you believe he is. God wants you to take his word for it. He speaks it, and God has, has said it. All heavens and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. As I close on these last two quotes, or last two stories here, we all are familiar with the story of the man who had a son who was dying with black 
diphtheria. Brother Bam said the young man was unconscious for two days and he went round and round with the doctor before the doctor finally allowed him to dress him up like a, you know, kind of like they do today. You got to put on all this PPE, protective, personal protective equipment to go into the room to see a COVID patient. I mean, you look like you come out of a, a sci-fi movie. And so we find the same story here, but we get down and Brother Brown said the nurse, she, she kind of made a comment. You know how some nurses are. Not Tori, of course, or David or some of the nurses we have here, but she said, you know your son is dying. You know, you get some little smart-ass little nurse, don't have no conscience of God. You know he's dying. Brother Brown said, yeah, she did that for my, per- my benefit. He said, well... He may be, but we believe a God that heals. You know, it's kind of that reminds me, and I put myself in this scene because when I went to the doctor when Sister Karen was at the ER, and he showed me her scan, he said she can live five minutes or five more years, but she won't have a quality of life. And something just flew out of me right there. I said, well, we're going to believe God's going to do the impossible then. And I ask you, church, did he? Did he? Is he still doing it tonight? Every day she gets stronger, better. Her hair's growing back longer every day. God's still doing the supernatural. So we find, Brother Bram says, now I just kind of turned, she just kind of turned her little painted lips up, looked sideways, and I said, let us pray. And, uh, and I, Brother Bram, his prayer is, Lord, who made heavens and earth, you said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. And it is also written, if you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. That is your word, and that's what we're doing, Lord. And I say, I lay hands upon this boy, and I condemn that death in the name of Jesus Christ. Raised up, the old father raised up. He wiped his tears from underneath his glass, and he took the mother by his arms. And he said, Mother, just think, isn't it glorious? He's going to live now. Notice, the father didn't put his attention and his eyes on his son who was dying. But he put his attention on the promise. The boy's just as far gone, just barely breathing. And the wife said, oh, isn't it wonderful, Fred? Isn't it wonderful? He's going to live now. Notice their confession was in harmony with one another. Our son is going to live. He's going to make it through this. And that little nurse, little nurse just looked up. She didn't know what it was all about. She said, you do understand that the best doctors we got in this country has said that that child will be dead within the next five hours. That's just like the devil, isn't it? Want to come rain on your parade. But devil, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. She said that cardiogram, she said it went all the way down and never in medical history when it ever dropped, does it ever come back again? That old father walked over there, put his arms around that little nurse. He said, honey, I feel sorry for you. That's my kind of man. I feel sorry for you. You're looking at this chart, this machine, because that's all you're trained to look at. And he said, yeah, you're looking at the machine, but I'm looking at a divine promise. And he said, and that's what God made. And the prophet of God said, and it depends on what you're looking at. I'm going to tell you tonight, church, nurses and doctors, they're trained to look at MRIs and CTs and blood pressures and CAT scans and all those things. But the bride of Christ, she is trained to look at the supernatural. She is trained to expect God to move in the service. She's been trained. She's got over 40 years in the ministry of the supernatural seeing the moving of the spirit recognizing the small hand of God when it shows up. 
Oh, yeah. It's their business to understand medical science. It's our business to keep our focus on the promised word. It's our responsibility to look to the word of God and believe for the impossible. Last quote, I promise. There in South Africa, recently there was a man who never had a pair of shoes on his feet. He was born to missionary parents. And he had deformed feet, club feet. That's where his feet were, were twisted in. He come walking up through there, brothers, holding a meeting and clubbing his feet along. And he had a shoebox under his arm. Had a shoebox under his arm. Someone said to him, what you got in there? He says, I got a pair of shoes. Oh, what do you expect to do with them? You know how little smart aleck devil is. What do you expect to do with them? He going to give them to your father? He said, no. I'm going to wear these. And the prophet of God was said, before the service was over, listen to me, church. Many times we want to wait for the service to be over. Or many times we want to wait till our favorite preacher comes. Or we want to wait till Sunday. We want to wait till the end of the service where it's climatic. He didn't wait till the end of service. He came in there. They don't even say that he got in the prayer line. All they said, he had that shoebox under his arm. And he came clubbing through there and clubbing through there. But he had faith that the God he served was going to do something for him. And he said, I saw the crippled heal." I saw the blind eyes being opened. He said, if God can do that for them, surely God can do it for me. And what can he do for you tonight, even like Tabernacle? He healed Sister Atlanta. He put hair back on the little girl's head. He he's saved uh, Sister Karen from brain bleeds. What can God do for you tonight? What's under your arm? What's under your arm? Maybe your shoebox is a son. Maybe your shoebox is a husband. Maybe a shoebox is you. He said, I've seen God open the blinded eyes. I've seen God heal the crippled feet. And I knew if he can do that for them, he won't turn me down. And if God can do that for him, what can God do for the church tonight? What can he do for the bride? What can he do for us tonight in this service? As we begin to close, musicians, please make your way back. What can God do tonight? What can God do in 2021 in your home, in your life, on your job, in this church, or in your church? What can God do? He won't turn you down. He won't turn you down. I want you to get that tonight. He will not turn you down. You've been asking for God to give you a baby. He won't turn you down. What's in your shoebox? Did you bring it to church tonight? Did you bring it to church tonight? Sister Lana brought a shoebox. Sat in the back row one time. Put a mask on before COVID was cool. She brought a shoebox though. God's healed cancer before. And I got in here. I got in here. I have a healed body. Sat in a service, and we all know the story. Round and around she went. She didn't wait till the service was over, though it happened to be at the end of a service. 
But if God can do that for Sister Lana, if God can do that for Sister Karen, if God can put, heal Brother David Dexter's eyes and Brother EJ's eyes, surely he won't turn you down. Surely, if God can do what he did for Brother Philip, surely he won't turn your child down. The prophet of God said a son of God can go a long ways before he recognizes he's a son. And he may get scars, huh, Brother Philip? But there's a realization, he won't turn me down. So take your eyes tonight off the impossible. Take your eyes tonight and let's fix them on Jesus. Brother Tim, you've got a need in your body. He's a healer. High blood pressure doesn't have to rob you of health, of sleep. He's a living God. He's supernatural. And I want to declare to you tonight, he's here. I want you to just play something softly, please. He's here. As I was in Arizona, there was a prayer line. We had a prayer line. I began to pray for different ones. And Brother Aaron Garrett's sister came up, or his sister-in-law, stood in the prayer line waiting for her turn to be prayed for. And she said she felt something just keep coming up inside her, brushing up against her. And she looked to think somebody's just bumping against her. But the Spirit of God was just moving back and forth down that aisle. Moving back and forth down that aisle. Moving upon different hearts, upon different lives. Brother Ed Dougal, 40 years living with pain, delivered. Brother Aaron's daughter, eight years dealing with gluten issues, delivered. His sister-in-law, I can't, she actually just texted me the other day and telling me exactly what the Lord did for her. It's countless, church. And that's not to brag on Brother Joe. It had nothing to do with Brother Joe. Just being a willing vessel to be used of God. But it's the people's faith to operate the gift. And the prophet of God said, if you can get the people to believe you, nothing will stand before their prayer. Not even cancer. So whatever your need is tonight, we serve a living God. And nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. That young man looked at his crippled feet. You know, he probably got tired of looking down, seeing his deformed feet. And no doubt the enemy probably said, you know what, you'll never walk. Look at you, you'll never walk straight. He took his eyes off his feet and he saw the realization of the supernatural. He said, if God can do that for that one, if he can do it for that one, if he can do it for that one, oh, he's not going to turn me down. And he ran and ran and ran and ran. I wonder if we can let God move here tonight. What could he do for you? What could he do for you tonight? All things are possible. If you can believe. Let us just bow our heads for a brief minute. Father, we thank you, Lord tonight and Lord I know many times as I preach Lord I get beyond myself Lord just the excitement and the emotion of your word I thank you Lord and I just learned to operate in the gift you've given and I just trust tonight Father trust tonight in your supernatural element Lord that you're still a God who was able to discern and move and elevate faith and bring the people into the realm of the supernatural Lord that we can realize that 
that there's a living God in our midst. He's not a God of history. But what he's done in the past, he he can do the same today. We're asking, Lord, as you open up blinded eyes, do that again tonight. As you heal crippled feet, do that again tonight. You saved from cancer and and cursed cancer and and drove it out of Sister Alana's body. We ask that you'll do that again tonight. Lord, you see Brother Ron. He's in a great need, Father, fighting this demon of cancer for many months now. But God, we're asking the same God that moved on behalf of Sister Alana. We ask that you'd move on behalf of Brother Ron tonight. Sister Erica tonight, Lord. Sister Cynthia tonight, Father. May you move in the power of your word, Father. And may their faith be elevated. And if God can do that for her, he won't turn them down. So, Lord, we're just asking. And we're not only asking, but we're believing, Father. Because you commissioned us to believe. And believers stand on the word of God. Heavens and earth will pass away. But your word will never fail. So, Lord, as we stand here tonight at the closing of the service, Father, many many may be here tonight. Sickness may have ravaged their body, but the word would tell us there's a commission that we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Lord, if there's a tormenting spirit, maybe tormenting the believer, there's a commission to the body of Christ tonight that we can cast that demon away, Father. We don't have to live in torment. We don't have to live in despair and anxiety and worry and fear. We're your children, Lord. And we're going to look to the impossible tonight. We're going to look beyond the impossible. And we're going to look to a God that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Father, I pray that the word now will just settle in the heart of the believer, Lord. You'll anchor their faith, Father, in the rock of ages. God, as we face 2021, may we face it with a a greater determination, Lord, realizing that we've been highly favored. And it's time for us to be more sincere and a greater expectation to witness the moving of the Spirit. Lord, my hands are raised tonight, Father, to make that decree to you tonight. Many times we let things get in the way, Father. Maybe not sinful things, but pleasures of this life, Lord. And I ask that, Lord, we have a greater commitment tonight to you and to your word. Let our eyes be able to see that still, small, or hear that still, small voice. And our eyes see that small cloud rise up from the service, Lord. So you begin to move on this heart and that heart and recognize that God is here. So we just commit this service to you now, Lord. Just pray your blessings be upon each and every one of us. Father, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity. We thank you for this church, for the ministry you've given us, Lord, that we can can find shelter under the arms of this message, Lord. We thank you now in Jesus' name. If you've got a need tonight and you would like prayer, he's here. Maybe the devil's lied to you. Maybe the devil's lied to you and told you there's no hope. You've gone too far. Maybe healing's not for you. Deliverance is not for you. But God is here tonight. God is here tonight. If you've got a need in your body, you've got a need in your life, I want you to know you can get up and you can come down this aisle tonight. 
And the same supernatural God that was there in Arizona moving up and down the hall, the aisle, is the same God that's present tonight. And He's here to meet your need. He's here to come by and bring your deliverance.
Oh 